After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awud, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifa Tulmasi, the faith, may Allah be his helper, stated, When Allah Almighty informed the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, that the time was nigh for him to depart this world, he addressed his community, saying, Allah Almighty manifests two kinds of power. First, he shows the hand of his power at the hands of his prophets themselves. Second, when with the death of a prophet, difficulties and problems arise, and the enemy feels stronger and thinks that things are in disarray, and is convinced that now this Jamaat will become extinct, and even members of the Jamaat too are in a quandary and their backs are broken and some of the unfortunate ones choose paths that lead to apostasy. Then it is that God for the second time shows his mighty power and supports and takes care of the shaken Jamaat. Thus one who remains steadfast till the end witnesses this miracle of God. This is what happened at the time of Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him. When the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was considered untimely, and many an ignorant Bedouin turned apostate. The companions, may Allah be pleased with them, of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, too, stricken with grief, became like those who lose their senses. Then, Allah raised Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, and showed for the second time the manifestation of his power and saved Islam just when it was about to fall, and fulfilled the promise which was spelled out in the verse, That is, after the fear, we shall firmly re-establish them. That is also what happened at the time of Moses, peace be upon him, when he died on his way from Egypt to Canaan, before taking the Israelites to the intended destination in accordance with the promise. At his, that is Moses' death, Israelites were plunged into deep mourning. It is written in the Torah that with the grief at this untimely death and sudden departure of Moses, peace be upon him, the Israelites wept for 40 days. He then states, So dear friends, since it is the Sunnatullah, the practice of Allah, from time immemorial, that God Almighty shows two manifestations so that the two false joys of the opponents be put to an end. 
It is not possible now that God should relinquish his sunnah, i.e. practice of old. So do not grieve over what I have said to you, nor should your hearts be distressed. For it is essential for you to witness the second manifestation also. And its coming is better for you, because it is everlasting, the continuity of which will not end till the day of judgment. And that second manifestation cannot come unless I depart. But when I depart, God will send that second manifestation for you. We shall always stay with you, just as promised by God in Barahina Ahmadiyya. And this promise is not for my person. Rather, the promise is with reference to you. As God addressed me, saying, I shall make this Jamaat, who are your followers, prevail over others till the day of judgment. Thus, it is inevitable that you see the day of my departure, so that after that day, the day comes which is the day of everlasting promise. Our God is He who keeps His promise and is faithful, and is the truthful God. He shall show you all that He has promised. Though these days are the last days of this world, and there are many a disaster waiting to happen, yet it is necessary that this world comes to exist until all those things about which God has prophesied come to pass. I came from God as a manifestation of divine providence, and I am a personification of His power. And after I am gone, there will be some other persons who will be the manifestation of the second power of God. He then states, God Almighty desires to draw all those who live in various habitations of the world, be it Europe or Asia, or who have virtuous nature, to the unity of God and unite His servants under one faith. This indeed is the purpose of God for which I have been sent to the world. You too, therefore, should pursue this end, but with kindness, moral probity and fervent prayers. Thus, when the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, passed away, in accordance with his promise, Allah the Almighty gathered the Jamaat at the hands of Hazrat Hakim Maulana Nuruddin, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, may Allah be pleased with him. Despite the fact that some people wished for the organization to remain in the hands of the Anjuman, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, may Allah be pleased with him, crushed this disorder with an iron resolve. After the demise of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah the Almighty appointed Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmed to the station of Khilafat. Even when he became the Khalifa, some people who considered themselves to be more intellectual and wise began to spread disorder. They tried their utmost to stop the election of the Khalifa. If not for good, at least for it to be delayed by a few months so that they could cause a rift between the Jamaat. However, in accordance with his promise, Allah the Almighty gathered the Jamaat of the believers at the hands of one person once again. And the opponents of Khilafat and the hypocrites failed in their attempts. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, his Khilafat spanned almost 52 years. During his era, many missions were opened and the foundations of the Jamaat's organization was formed. After his demise, the era of the third Khalifa began and Hazrat Mirza Nasir Ahmad, Khalifatul Masih III, may Allah have mercy on him, was appointed to the station of Khilafat with the help and support of Allah the Almighty. In accordance with divine decree, when he passed away, Allah the Almighty appointed Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad, may Allah have mercy on him, as the fourth successor to the promised Messiah, peace be upon him.
Upon his demise, that is, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV, may Allah have mercy on him, Allah the Almighty appointed me to the station of Khilafat. And despite my weaknesses and shortcomings, Allah the Almighty, in accordance with His divine promises vouchsafed to the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, has continued to grant success to the Jamaat. During this time, the opponents have done their utmost in their efforts to cause division, finish the Jamaat, or instill fear. Ahmadis were martyred in different countries of the world, and attempts were made to lure them away with worldly material. However, Allah the Almighty continued to strengthen the bond Ahmadis have with Khilafat and also their faith and conviction. Whether it is Ahmadis residing in Asia, Europe, America or Africa, the relationship each and every one of them has with Khilafat can only be due to Allah the Almighty. No individual has the strength to create such a relationship of love and sincerity which the members of the Jamaat have with Khilafat and which the Khalifa of the time has with the members of the Jamaat. I witness this in whichever country I travel to. This is not just merely a verbal proclamation. In fact, now the lens of the camera also captures these sights. MTA often shows these scenes as well. And even the opponents of the Jamaat are compelled to admit that the practical testimony of Allah the Almighty's support is with Ahmadis. Moreover, there are thousands of letters which I receive every month which shows that those writing these letters have a great bond of sincerity and loyalty with the Jamaat. And that is Allah the Almighty Himself who attaches people to the institution of Khilafat and instills love and a bond in their hearts for Khilafat. At this time, I shall present a few letters as an example which illustrate how God Almighty guides people towards the truthfulness of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, and how he instills in the hearts of the people that the institution of Khilafat, which was established after the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, carries divine support of God Almighty. The Muallim from the Mwanza region in Tanzania wrote in his report, One day I went with the missionary after the Fajr prayer to meet the people. When we returned to the mosque before the Zuhr prayer, we saw a woman standing on the mosque stairs. After inquiring about her, we learned that she had come to request prayers. Perhaps she thought we also do the same as the non-Ahmadi Muslims with their customs, such as incantations and invocations, etc. These are very prevalent among non-Ahmadi people in Africa. The missionary informed her of the community's teachings and prayed for her at the same time. The woman said, I have been seeing dreams in which a man with a long beard and a wheat-coloured complexion has explained religion to me in the same way that the missionary has just described it. Thereupon she was introduced to the community. And shown pictures of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, and his caliphs. Thereupon she said that the face of the person she was seeing in her dream was very similar to that of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, or the second caliph, may Allah be pleased with him. This woman then pledged her allegiance along with her three children. The countenance of the second caliph, may Allah be pleased with him, has been shown alongside the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, in this era as well. Then there is a person named Abdullah who lives 
in an area in the West Kalimantan province of Indonesia who pledged his allegiance along with his wife and children. He had contact with the community since 2019 and was influenced by what the missionary had taught him, which is why he would regularly visit the mosque and also because he found him to be very different from the other clerics. In any case, due to his close relationship with the missionary, the clerics and locals of the area started making accusations against him expelled him and prohibited him from entering their mosque. He said, I saw in a dream that I was stuck in a whirlpool and I was close to drowning. However, this pious man who was wearing a jubba, that is a long outer garment, and holding a cane came to save me. Thereupon our missionary showed him a picture of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, holding a cane. Trembling, he said, this is the same person who saved me with his cane from the whirlpool. Similarly, his son also saw a dream. It was not only the father, but his son also saw a dream. He saw a number of people wearing a jubba. So along with a picture of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, the missionary showed them pictures of the caliphs and in shock, the son said that among the people he saw were the third caliph, may Allah have mercy on him, the fourth caliph, may Allah have mercy on him, and myself, i.e. his holiness, may Allah be pleased with him. He said, these are all the very people whom I saw. Allah the Almighty showed them all at once to indicate that the caliphate established after the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, was a continuing system. As it were, this family pledged their allegiance after these dreams. If one has true yearning, then Allah the Almighty grants his guidance in this manner. In the southern province of Indonesia, there is a place called Baru. The Amir, i.e. the national president, writes, that their missionary was leading the Fajr morning prayer in the mosque, during which an individual joined the congregation. That individual said that he had travelled there to meet his wife's relatives. During the conversation, he mentioned his past, which was fraught with difficulties. He stated that during his time of hardship, he met a saintly man with a white beard and turban in a dream. In the dream, the saintly man wearing a turban told him that if he gives alms at every Fajr prayer for 40 days, his hardships will be removed. He did as he was told in the dream. He reported that after just 20 days, his hardships began to dissipate. He also acquired various jobs and other amenities. He then reported that just three months prior, the saintly man donning a white turban and beard visited his dream once more and took him to a mountain to acquire fruit. He was told that he should only disclose this dream to those who exhibit righteousness. Following this, the missionary showed him pictures of the caliphs of the Ahmadi Muslim community. In astonishment, he pointed towards the picture of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV, may Allah have mercy on him, saying that he was the person he had seen. Thus, this person accepted Ahmadiyyat. With respect to a woman residing in Mali, by the name of Saraji, the local missionary writes that she is exceedingly sincere. Whenever she hears of an event to propagate Islam in nearby villages, she asks her children to take her there on a bicycle. She says that before becoming an Ahmadi, she used to hear two voices in her dreams. One voice 
was my recitation of the Tashahud and Surah Al-Fatiha, which I recited in my sermons. And the second voice was of the local missionary, Mu'adh, whilst propagating Islam. She says, I wandered restlessly about who these voices belonged to. Now the community had started a radio program. She heard my sermon and recitation on the radio, as well as other programs on the propagation of Islam. Thereupon she said, these are the same voices that I used to hear. This led to her accepting Ahmadiyyat. There is also a report received from Cameroon. A young man by the name of Abdul Rahman Bila narrates his story of becoming an Ahmadi. He writes, A few years ago, I saw two saints in a dream. One of them asked me what I do for a living. I humbly submitted that I provide transportation to people on my motorcycle to make a living. Upon this, the other saint addressed me and said, Leave your motorcycle and come offer prayers here. Thus, I led the prayers and woke up. He further states, A few days later, I saw a young man in the market distributing pamphlets of the Ahmadiyya community. I came home and read the pamphlet carefully. In it, I saw the picture of a saintly man, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. And he was the same man I had seen in my dream. Following this, he contacted the community and was connected with a muallim, a teacher. He also acquired more literature. Among the literature, he also found the picture of the second man he saw in his dream. And that picture was of me. He further writes, the second man was the current caliph. I had heard his name but had little knowledge about him. Nonetheless, the person who told me to lead the prayer was the current caliph of the community. It was through his blessings and the blessings of that prayer I led that upon the demise of our village chief last year and due to him not having any heirs, I was honoured and chosen to be the next chief according to his will. I feel that I have attained this honour only due to the community. There is also an account from Guinea-Bissau. The missionary in charge there writes, In this region there is a woman by the name of Aisha Maria. She has two sons who accepted Ahmadiyyad. Her name is Aisha Maria. Aisha's older brother is severely opposed to the community. At the same time, he cares, provides for and feeds her family. He phoned his sister and warned her that if her sons do not renounce Ahmadiyyad, he would no longer look after them and he would sever his ties with them. Upon hearing this, Aisha became very worried. She summoned her sons and asked them to renounce Ahmadiyyad. Upon which they said, Allah the Almighty is enough for us. We could never renounce Ahmadiyyat. Upon hearing this response from her sons, Aisha became even more worried. She did not know her next course of action. Two days later, she saw in a dream that she was very troubled and crying profusely. At the same time, a man dressed in white and with a white beard called to her and asked as to why she was crying. She relayed the whole account to him, upon which he consoled her by saying, Do not worry, your sons will remain superior to the others. 
After hearing those words, she woke up. Her heart was at ease following that dream. First thing in the morning, she narrated the dream to the missionary. The missionary showed her a picture of me, upon which she said, This is the same person who came to me in my dream and gave me reassurance. Now, by the grace of Allah Almighty, she is a very sincere Ahmadi and is at the forefront of every activity in Lajna. There is also an account from Kenya. Our community is also established in Bahati, a township in the Nakuru region. This is a majority Christian area. It is a relatively small township which has approximately 550 churches as compared to a single centre for Ahmadis. One day, a Muslim man came to our centre and joined the prayer congregation. When he concluded the prayer, he said that his name was Muhammad Abdi and that he was a local. He said, a few days ago, I found out that there was a prayer centre here, and so I came. He was introduced to the community, upon which he said some things that inferred that his beliefs were opposed to the community. One day the Muallim met him on the road and said, Even if your views differ, because you are a Muslim, you could still come to the centre to offer prayers. If you have any reservations or questions, you can ask without any hesitation and we will provide answers. The Mu'allim prayed that Allah the Almighty open his heart. A few days later, Muhammad Abdi came to his house. At the time, my sermon was playing on MTA. He listened to it attentively for quite some time. When the sermon concluded, he said, I wish to take the Pledge of Allegiance. The Muallim was shocked and considered he was opposed to the community and suddenly had a change of heart. When he pledged allegiance, he was asked his reason for doing so and he replied, During the latter part of the night before, I woke up and went out to my courtyard. Suddenly I looked towards the sky and saw a bright object which was awe-inspiring and had a deep impact on me. Now, when I came to you and saw the sermon of the Caliph, the image from last night came together in my mind. Now I wish to pledge allegiance along with my whole family and enter the community. Observe how Allah the Almighty not only demonstrated the truth of Ahmadiyya to an opponent, but also established a connection to Khilafat in his heart. This cannot be achieved through human effort. There is a city called Marwa in Cameroon. There, a school teacher named Suleiman says that he saw a program on MTA via cable in which the Ahmadiyya Caliph was answering children's questions. One child asked about the Ukraine-Russia war, to which the Imam of the community gave a very nice and simple answer in which he also mentioned that he sent letters to the leaders of the powerful nations in the world in order to warn them, saying that if peace and justice are not established, then it could result in very frightening circumstances. He says, upon hearing this, I thought to get in contact with someone from the community. One day, a sermon by the community's Imam was playing on a local TV channel in Marwa, which had been translated into the local language. The number of the community's president appeared on screen, and so I contacted the community. Thereafter, I read the community's literature and a book by the Caliph titled World Crisis. 
Thereafter, my heart was content. I took the Pledge of Allegiance and entered the fold of the community. The local missionary there says that now he has become a very active member of the community. A missionary from Sierra Leone writes that there is a man named Ibrahim who was not necessarily an opponent of the community, but he was not an Ahmadi. He heard one of my sermons on MTA and began openly saying that the clerics who give teachings against the community are rooted in falsehood. I have heard the Imam of the community give references from the Holy Quran. He mentions the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the Hadith, the sayings. Ahmadis also have the same creed. Everything is in accordance with Islam. Then how can the Ahmadiyya Muslim community be false? Thereafter, he accepted Ahmadiyyat and also became involved in offering financial contributions. He is a very sincere Ahmadi. The Emir of Trinidad said that last year a new convert named Sharida accepted Ahmadiyyat along with her husband. She invited two of her friends and neighbours to her home to watch the proceedings of Jalsa United Kingdom on the TV. They were very impressed with the entire organisation of Jalsa and especially with my speeches, which they say they really liked. They said that the Ahmadiyya community is the true Islam and if all the sects in Islam became like them, then Islam could prevail in the world. One of the guests says, I started crying upon seeing the Caliph and felt as if I was sitting in his presence. Her husband had passed away. However, sometime later, she dedicated her home for the community and handed it over to the community. And this is currently in the process. A local from Kyrgyzstan accepted Ahmadiyyat named Sultan Atakhanu. He says, My wife and son had already pledged their allegiance. In 2017, I started to offer the Friday prayer at the community's mission house. When my wife and I would drive to the Friday prayer, a journey of about 12 kilometers, we would always listen to the recording of the Caliph. Whenever I heard a sermon of his, my convictions would become firm. Hence, that same year, on the 2nd of May, at the end of the holy month of Ramadan, on the day of Eid, I pledged my allegiance. This is from last year. He says, I wish to mention this earlier, but for one reason or another, this always got delayed. I have written this in brief. However, everything that is happening inside my soul cannot be expressed in words. In every prayer, I pray to Allah that He increases my knowledge about Islam and every Friday prayer opens something new for me. A woman from Paraguay named Lisa says, Allah the Almighty has ordained different ways for different people to be guided. My journey to Islam Ahmadiyya began during the corona pandemic. I thought that I should learn a new language during my free time and so I started taking online Arabic classes. Through learning Arabic, I also learned quite a bit about Islam and so I started studying about it. One day, when I opened my Facebook account, I saw an invitation for a program being held at the mosque called Coffee, Cake and Islam. I registered myself and arrived on the day, which is when I met the missionary and his wife. I had some doubts in my mind before and thought that perhaps only Arabs can go to the mosque. But when I went there, whatever I learned about Islam was completely new to me. I learned that Islam teaches that there is no compulsion in matters of religion 
and that Islam is a religion only of peace and harmony. That night, when I left the mosque, I had a copy of the Holy Qur'an in hand. Afterwards, I remained in constant contact with the missionary's wife, whom I asked a lot of questions, and I started attending the weekly classes. I set a goal for myself to memorize and learn the entire Salat. Two months passed by, during which I spent every moment thinking about Islam. One day, when my husband came to pick me up from the mosque, I was telling him on the way back about what I had learned that day. My husband said to me, Why don't you just become a Muslim? Upon hearing this, I became completely silent and my eyes filled with tears, because at that time, my only desire was to become a Muslim. But this was a very big decision for me. In any case, afterwards, I decided to become an Ahmadi Muslim. I attained further information about the community and did some research while also asking questions. I regularly listened to the Caliph's sermons, after which I was certain that I was on the right path. We have guidance. We have one leader who cares for us, guides us and prays for us. Although I still have much to learn, my heart is at peace with the Ahmadiyya community. A few months after pledging her allegiance, her husband also pledged his allegiance and now they are very sincere and active members of the community in Paraguay. In Congo, Kinshasa, there is a small town or village near Macau. There is a man there by the name Ahmed Batato. who along with eight members of his family pledged their allegiance. After which he started propagating the message, resulting in 62 people entering the fold of Ahmadiyyad. He says that the biggest reason for his joining the Ahmadiyya community was the Caliph of the time and the Caliphate. The Emir says, that he is teaching him the Holy Qur'an online. He says, Before entering the fold of the community, I was a Sunni Muslim. However, during those years, I would ask myself why Sunni Muslims spread hatred. I would also wonder why there was so much discord among them and that if they were truthful, then why didn't they have a single imam whom they could follow? While undergoing this internal battle, I became attached to the sermons of the Caliph on MTA. A voice within me said, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, is truthful. But there was another voice saying, why do the rest of the Muslims regard Ahmadis to be disbelievers? Eventually, I came in contact with an Ahmadi from Tanzania and then another Ahmadi in France. I eventually got in contact with the area's missionary named Muzammil Sahib. All of them gave me books of the community to read. After reading them and doing research, I pledged my allegiance. Thereafter, he started propagating the message in his area, which helped the community grow. The Emir of Congo Kinshasa says He says that Madame Mwani Tebu is from Awera and is 82 years old. She says I was a Muslim, but I became Christian at the age of 82 because my son was a pastor in a church. One day I heard the French translation on the radio 
of a sermon by the Caliph, during which I called the mission house and said that I wished to pledge allegiance to the Imam of the age. She told her son that after she passed away, she wishes for the Ahmadiyya community to lead her funeral. The missionary in charge of Cameroon says, A member, Umar Zubair Sahib, came from Marwa to attend the Jalsa Salana, the annual convention, in 2022. He mentioned the details of his acceptance of Ahmadiyyat. Umar Saab mentioned that he became acquainted with the Jamaat through MTA Africa and he would listen to the Friday sermon of the Caliph with great interest. He said, My attachment to the community grew after each Friday sermon and my knowledge also increased. In the first sermon of November 2021, the Caliph mentioned incidents of people sacrificing for Tahrik Jadid. Upon seeing the amount people were sacrificing for the sake of Islam, God Almighty enlightened me to the fact that this community has been established by God Himself. If people are sacrificing this much for the sake of Islam, then this community has been established by God. This point completely reassured me and after pledging allegiance, I entered the fold of the community. From that point onwards, I have been content and happy. The missionary from Waterloo, Sierra Leone, says, Last year, Alpha Sahib was invited to listen to the Friday sermon on MTA. He came to listen to the sermon along with his family. The sermon left a good impression upon him and all his family, which comprise eight people, pledged allegiance and joined the community. By the grace of Allah, he serves the community with great sincerity. A mosque was being renovated there. He spent most of his time helping out with the renovation and worked as one of the labourers. He would keep voluntary fasts and make arrangements for people to break the fast. Amir Saab, the national president of Bangladesh, writes, The community, the Bleel Secretary, owns a printing press and a man named Bilal worked in that press. When he was introduced to the community, he began coming to our central mosque where he listened to the Friday sermon. After a short while, Bilal pledged allegiance, but his wife did not. He had been married for seven years but did not have any children. He said to his wife, Let us write to the Caliph for prayers. So that Allah the Almighty blesses us with a child. People always write for this, let us try as well. Hence, he managed to convince his wife for them to write requesting for prayers and subsequently sent a letter. A few months later, they managed to conceive. His wife realized that this was due to the prayers of the Caliph, that Allah the Almighty blessed them. Therefore, she also pledged allegiance. Amir Sahib of Belgium writes, there is a man who is originally from Morocco, but has been living in Belgium for a long time. He first read about the community and then pledged allegiance. He said, Since my childhood, I have spent a lot of time with Muslim scholars. However, the sermons of the Caliph are not only the commentary of the Holy Quran, but they also bring you closer to God Almighty. After listening to his sermons, I now enjoy offering Salat, that is prayer. Allah the Almighty showed me true dreams as well. Ahmadiyyat has changed my life completely. Whenever the gentleman speaks about this, he is overcome with emotion. The missionary from Kanama, Sierra Leone, says, More than 500 non-Ahmadis were present in the gathering. A person stood up and said, Only the Ahmadis follow the true teachings of Islam. We despise them because they always speak the truth. If something is white in colour, they will say it is white. In our case, even if something is black, we will declare it to be white. 
This is the reason why there is no unity or organization amongst us. An imam of the local area also stood up and said, If you listen to the sermons of the Caliph of the Ahmadis, you will come to learn of Islam's true teachings. I have not accepted Ahmadiyyad, but each Friday I listen to the sermon delivered by the Caliph. If you all listen to it, you will learn the true teachings of Islam and you will not want the sermon to end. The missionary serving in the Mashaka region says that he went to the bank and upon finishing what he had to do, he felt hungry and so he went to a hotel in order to eat. MTA was being played on the TV in the hotel and people were listening to a recorded sermon of mine. He asked the hotel management regarding this and they told him that they often watched this channel and learned many good things from it, which they greatly benefited from. They also expressed that they liked to watch this channel. Hence, Allah Almighty also provides the means to propagating the message of Islam in this manner and the importance of caliphate is being manifested to the people. The missionary of Mali, Umar Muaz Sahib, writes, There is a member from the Guinea region Jalla Sahib. He mentioned that the bones in his legs had broken due to an accident. Despite undergoing different types of treatment, including traditional subcontinent remedies and having it checked by doctors, his bones were not healing. He and his relatives had become greatly disheartened and thought that his bones would never heal. He said that one day he saw in a dream that the fifth caliph had prayed for him and in his dream, he was repeating the words Amin as he was praying. He says that upon waking up from the dream, he said Amin and passed his hands over his legs. He said that after this, Allah the Almighty bestowed his blessings upon him. And while he previously had felt hopeless over the recovery of his legs, however, his bones began to heal gradually. Now, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, he is completely fine and no one can even tell that the bones in his legs had broken. Thus, Allah the Almighty provides the means to strengthen people's relationship with Khilafat in this manner as well. With regards to the impact upon others, the Emir of Congo Kinshasa writes that by the grace of Allah the Almighty, apart from the community's radio station, there are 23 other FM radio stations on which the Tabligh and Tarbiyat programs are aired on a weekly basis, as well as my Friday sermons. The Friday sermon is also aired live on two local TV stations in Bandundu, and they are receiving good feedback on this. He met a local Christian doctor once and he said, I listen to the sermon of your Imam and he delivers it in a very impactful manner. I request you to also translate this into the local language so that a maximum number of people can derive benefit from it. Thus, Allah the Almighty is providing the means in this manner as well in order to convey the message of Islam, Ahmadiyyat. Even the non-Ahmadis are drawing attention to the fact that the words of the Caliph of the time should be conveyed to others. In this way the land is being prepared and a time shall come when the hearts of the people shall open to accept Ahmadiyya, the true Islam, God willing. Thus, the continuous blessings of Khilafat which have been promised by Allah the Almighty to the promised Messiah peace be upon him are being fulfilled in such astonishing ways that one cannot even imagine. These accounts of Ahmadis and non-Ahmadis and also the signs of Allah the Almighty in favour of Khilafat Ahmadiyya, the Caliphate of Ahmadiyyat, are in fact proof of the support of Allah the Almighty and the truthfulness of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, who came in servitude of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in order to unite the world. It is only the Ahmadiyya community which is making efforts to help the progress of Islam and its propagation in the world under the system of caliphate.
the progress we are witnessing, despite the difficult circumstances, is in fact proof of the practical testimony of Allah the Almighty's support for us. If it is not, then what else is it? However, those who are spiritually blind cannot see this. God willing, Ahmadiyyat and Khilafat on the precepts of prophethood, which was prophesied by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and which began with the advent of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, shall continue till the day of judgment, and the enemy cannot even do the slightest to harm it. Thus, we ought to strive to further strengthen our faith and remain attached to Khilafat Ahmadiyya and be ready to offer every sacrifice for its establishment. May Allah the Almighty enable us to do this. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah,